It's the Snobbies! Oh, Joey, Joey, Ooh. Joey. What? What are you seeing? Ooh. What? What? Ooh, I love being here with you, Evan. <laughs> Is that how we're going to start it? <laughs> Welcome to the Snubbies, ladies ah, and gentlemen. I'm so happy to be here. Welcome to the Snubs. And we hope you guys are, too. Wow, that was uh, that was kind of Bob Ross's of you. Thanks. I've been watching Bob Ross. I Dude. It's so great. Okay, when I become president in the year never. Yeah. My first order of business is every day, everybody starts with one episode of Bob Ross. <sighs> Set you in a good place. Absolutely. Totally. And you know what? He had a, an amazing quote that I totally forgot was his. Um, you know, he, if anyone who doesn't know what Bob Ross is, stop right now and go watch five episodes. Right now. Um, he, uh, <laughs> you know, he paints obviously, but he, offer, he offers like life lessons and words of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, the best I ever saw, because you know how he starts with just a blank canvas, and by the end of it, it's a friggin' masterpiece. It's amazing to watch. Absolutely amazing. So just amazing. And he always starts with just a blank canvas. Usually it's it's white. Usually sometimes it's black. His best quote was, you always have to start with a lot of darkness, because the only way you're going to see the, the light in your life is if it's over the darkness. Whoa. And I was like, it's very Buddhist. Damn, dude. Because he was making like a, a very, um, uh, like he was making like a winter landscape where there's a lot of snow, but you need the darkness for the, like the paint, the, the white. Yeah. And it was just like, that's, huh. I just like it when he beats the, the paintbrush really hard on his easel. You know, this is the fun part of this whole technique. We wash our brushes with odorless thinner, shake them off. <laughs> and just beat the devil out of him. <laughs> he gets so much enjoyment out of it. <laughs> I love Bob Ross. Yeah. Uh, Joey, what's uh, we got a special episode this week. We got a we really do. special episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about two things. Uh, the first one, our award this week, is the, the most recent award that we're ever going to do. Well, I shouldn't say ever, that we've done so far. The 2008 Oscar for Best Picture. Which, it's a big one. Which went to... No Country for Old Men. And... It really came down between two movies. I was shocked that year watching it. I remember thinking. Uh, I remember not being shocked, but I was like, ooh, okay, so that's the, that's the direction that they went. Okay, you gonna, I, okay, you can go there? Okay. I, well, <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Okay, well, that's think, the direction. I think we had talked about it before. I, I don't know if it was with you or with Mike. I thought it was with you. Um, basically saying, like, when No Country for Old Men won the Best Picture Oscar, I was like, okay, I, I get it. That's fine. Yeah. But the more and more you think about it since then, you're like, no, there mm-hmm. will be blood is by far the more superior movie. So our little rule of a five year buffer, mm-hmm. we're, we're safe from that by two or three years. So we're going to go back and revisit that because I still think it's going to come down between those two. Maybe a third dark horse in there somewhere, but I think it's going to come down between those two again. Pretty sure I know which way we're going to lean, but the reason why we're doing such a uh, kind of sort of obvious choice is because Halloween is right around the corner, Joey. Evan loves Halloween. It's his favorite holiday. Loves me some Halloween. Who doesn't, though? Orange and black is so fun. And they have the best candy. The best candy. Get out of here with your You get to live vicariously through a costume. Yeah. You know? I mean, you could do that any day of the year, but you're just going to be a weirdo. 
You know, last year I was a, a bumblebee and my girlfriend was a flower, but I kept switching my stinger from the back to the front, and it was really offensive. Joey. Really offensive. Joey. How many times did you pollinate? <laughs> uh, I think just once, and I don't think it was very good, because I had a couple adult beverages that night. I mean, in, in my costume, mind, it was the champ, costume kept getting in the way. championship effort, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that stinger. Oh, boy. Wow. What do we want to do? Do we want to start with the award or do we want to start with uh, horror movies? Now let's talk about some, some horrific Halloween mo- movies. Uh, there's a lot of lists out there, Evan, like underrated horror. There are. And there definitely are. You know, I don't really respect too many of their opinions, but I respect yours. I appreciate that. Yeah. Do we want to talk about like underrated horror? Yeah, so... You know, around this time of the year, you know, for for movie podcasts, um, I don't want to be that cliche movie podcast, even though sometimes we do dip into clichedness. Um, You know, everyone's going to, we were talking about this before we went on the air, there's always like a top 25 horror movies of all time, and it always includes the same movies. It's always Halloween, Jaws, The Shining, best movie ever made, by the way, Nightmare on Elm Street, Hellraiser, Friday the 13th, uh, Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist, Hell, you know, just keep going on and on and on. That list never changes. No. Because, and I think everyone agrees, yes, those are the best movies ever made. Good for them. But it's really unfortunate that so many other amazing movies just get kind of brushed by the wayside because they're not considered the ultimate classics. So... I, this isn't going to be an official top ten or anything like that, but I just want to I want to lend credence to the the snubbed classics, the snubbed horror movie classics. Well, and when you're sitting with your loved ones this October and you're looking for something to watch that might be a little spooky, you know, come to us and we're going to offer you mm. some gems that I may have been overlooked. At absolutely, some point. will offer you some uh, gems. Not we're not saying you know don't watch Nightmare on Elm Street. No, no, no. I mean, but, but you know what? If you're tired of seeing the same ones, if totally. if you're looking to to kind of spice up your viewing uh, repertoire this mm-hmm. year, because every year I like to watch Halloween at least once, and I like to see how far I can get into the franchise. I usually don't make it past five <laughs> or six because I just don't have time. But um, I mean, I'm gonna throw some out at you that uh, people just need to see. God, yeah. I love Halloween. It's so fun. Oh, it's so good. And you know what? Uh, I'm sorry, this is going to be misogynistic, and I apologize that we're starting the show like this, but you, you know what one of the best part about Halloween is? What? Every female costume yeah. begins with the word sexy or slutty. <laughs> oh, you mean like in the real world, not in the movie Halloween? No, 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 just in the real world. Or were you talking about the movie Halloween? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the movie Halloween is amazing, but when we're going back to the actual the, the holiday of Halloween, yeah. I'm going to be a pumpkin this year. Totally. It really separates the girls from the women because, like, there's yeah. certain ones that will rebel and wear like a big fuzzy bunny suit that's not sexy at all. I'm so glad I don't have a daughter. But, uh, but yeah, the majority are are looking like a sexy bunny. Hey, what's wrong with that, right? Hey, if that's what you want to do, man. <laughs> um, so, all right, let's. I was a sexy bumblebee. I'll tell you that. <laughs> with your stinger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So eh, I, I highlighted a few, but eh, let's just go down the list. We won't spend too, too much, but the, these are some classic horror movies that are always snubbed on like the top 25 or the top. Well, eh, they'd probably make the top 50, but um, Joe, you ever heard of a movie called The Hitcher? I have not. The Hitcher was one of those movies that unfortunately became a remake, but the original is just so, so much more amazing. Um 
Rutger Hauer plays this hitchhiker, and he gets picked up. I, I got to start by saying, I guess, the hitcher is kind of like Full Metal Jacket in the sense that there's a really hard line between the first act and the second act. Okay. You know, you know, Full Metal, full metal Jacket for like the first hour you're in boot camp, and then the second hour you're in, in Vietnam, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. The hitcher is kind of like that, where uh, the the line shifts a little bit later in the movie, but the first half of the movie ends, and you're like, I don't understand how you come back from this, because like a main character dies, hmm. and then the movie start almost kind of starts over again, not in terms of plot, but in terms of like tone and uh, you know just energy, just kind of starts over and becomes a like a different kind of a movie. Um, but that being said, I mean, if you've ever wanted to pick up a hitchhiker, this movie will <laughs> certainly discourage you from doing that forever. I always joke. I always want to, but my girlfriend's like, no, don't do it. Don't yeah, do it. No. You know, if you were by yourself and you were, like, strapped, I would say go for it, but... It's just a different world. Yeah. Huh. See Thomas Howell, Jennifer Jason Lee, and Rutger Howell. Yeah. That's an ensemble. If we were going to do, if we were going to revamp like an all-time film list, I would absolutely put Rutger Hauer in the hitcher hmm. on this movie, or on, the, on that list. Man. It's, it, dude, I, I strongly recommend it. If you're looking for something that is, this movie became a cliche, but it's like, it, it originated it, so it's okay, you know? But hmm. no, the hitcher does not get any love on any top horror list, so no. I'm definitely putting that on my list. Cool. Um, Night of the Hunter, uh, just a classic. That classic. is a classic. I just recently watched that. And that movie, what is that, 1962? <sighs> definitely black and white. <laughs> yeah, it's black and white for sure. Uh, but, it, you know, everyone gives Cape Fear credit for, like, the, the love and hate tattoos on the knuckles. This is the movie that originated it. Man. And it was so, like, ahead of its time. Yeah, I mean, you're dealing with a child murderer or, <laughs> or a wannabe child murderer. God, Robert Mitchum was so good. He's fan- you know what's funny is I actually like charisma, <laughs> you know, in the worst way in this movie too. I actually did a, a top ten villain list with my buddy Matt a long time ago, yeah. and I had him in Cape Fear as my number one as Max Cady. Hmm. Mitchum is amazing. Uh, speaking of, of Cape Fear, Cape Fear, nineteen sixty-two. Everyone always gives Scorsese the credit for yeah. Cape Fear, but you know Robert Mitchum and uh, and James Ma- yeah James Mason is uh damn dude 1962 cape fear though that's a hell of a what do you call it a, a double feature night of the yeah. hunter and cape fear 1962 definitely damn. definitely hmm. um goodness i mean anything hitchcock does but that's also kind of on the brink of comedy as well yeah i mean there was definitely some tongue-in-cheekness with uh with some of the stuff that um that old hitchy did you know what it's kind of a an overlooked movie in general, Repulsion, Roman Polanski, 1965. Good call. Good call. You seen that? I have seen that. Um, Slow burn. Yes. Katrine Deneuve? I think I did all right on that. <laughs> God bless you. Uh, a sex-repulsed woman who disapproves of her sister's boyfriend sinks into depression as and has horrific visions of rape and violence. But who doesn't? It's I mean, dark. On. It's dark. <laughs> There's some rotting food in there. Uh, I wouldn't dark? say scary, but like she's so hot. She, I mean, she was like the, considered the most beautiful woman in the world at one point, right? Yeah. Um, Polanski's pretty, pretty phenomenal. Definitely ahead of his time on that one. Yeah, I just wish he hadn't raped that girl. I know. 
Polanski, why'd you do it? Why'd yeah. you do that? You know what? A different auteur, Cronenberg, uh, mm. The Fly, Videodrome. You can't really go wrong with these. You know, I absolutely Videodrome. I feel like The Fly gets credit, but it's always at like number 23 on mm. like, the top 25. So if their other movies weren't so balls out amazing, mm-hmm. yeah, Cronenberg's The Fly for sure would would top like a new classic list. But I got to I got to tell you a lot of people don't like it, but the original Vincent Price version uh, of The Fly, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Because, you know, Cronenberg, you know, Go- Jeff Goldblum is like literally turning into a fly. Yeah. You know, he his skin's shedding off, you know, he's like spitting up acid, all that stuff. The Vincent Price version um, was basically a dude whose head got swapped with the fly. So, yeah. like, his head was a fly, but the rest <laughs> of them was human. So it's, like, super campy, uh, campy, super campy, super cheesy, but it has a really terrifying ending where, like, the fly with the human head is stuck on a cobweb, and he's screaming, help me, help me, <laughs> and then this giant spider's coming at him. You're like, Wah. So. That, you seen Videodrome? I have seen Videodrome. Um, I don't remember much about it. I remember liking it, though. The whole videotape, like, getting put into his stomach. Yeah, that, that like, was I mean, pretty cool, actually. He's, like, the master of that, like, uh, just fleshy yeah, he, effects. He makes you not comfortable with your own body. Yeah, well, Rick and Morty, like, pay tribute to him. They go to that different, like, uh, galaxy where it's all Cronenberg and it's, like, all Ugh. these creatures that are just, like, fingers and Ugh. hair. And, um, Dude, think about that. Between the fly... Videodrome. We'll see. Do you do altered states? Existence. Do you see that one? No. With the video game, and you, they, you like, you like wet. They, you, they like plug a video game controller into their back. Everybody has this, a different orifice. This on is their before back. the Matrix. This is before the Matrix, I believe. But and then there's this fleshy video game controller with a fleshy wire, and they like lick the wire before they stick it in the hole. So it's, it's the equivalent of blowing into a NES cartridge. Yes, except it's much more like sexual, and uh, oh, it's great. Interesting. Super. You got to so, check out existence. So existence. So Cronenberg is really kind of the master of just making you not comfortable with your own body. Truly, and even like in his recent recent efforts, it's more normal. The world is not like sci-fi, but like right. there's always some like horrific gore, like chunk of flesh flying somewhere, and you're like, okay, there's there's the Cronenberg we love. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Joey, uh, I, I hate to bring this movie up, but it's it, it would be number one on my list if, if we did a overlooked classics list. I'm scared. Um, the reason I don't want to bring it up is because I hate when Christmas uh, invades <laughs> on my turf, my Halloween turf. Yeah. However, I have to yield to the fact that Black Christmas is not the not the remake with Lacey Chabert, who, by the way, <laughs> Lacey Chabert is one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet, but the original Black Christmas... Um, it was it was the original the call is coming from inside the house story, okay. Uh, a, a sorority house is being harassed with a, uh, an obscene caller. Um, you know, just they pick up the phone. It's like <laughs> it's like really weird breathing. It's it's super creepy. But the call is coming from inside the house. There's a murderer inside the house killing people. Uh, Super stylized. I mean, not not stylized in like a Suspiria kind of a way, mm-hmm. but definitely just like it. It came out a couple years before Halloween, and Halloween gets all the credit for like the stalking of like the young teenage girls. Like, whenever anyone's like, "Oh, Halloween invented the like the babysitter stalker" or something like that, mm-hmm. it didn't. Uh, Black Christmas invented it, and then Halloween just kind of made it its own thing. So, 
ironically, they both take place over holidays. Huh. But um, I will always love Halloween. Love, yeah. love, love Halloween till the day I die. It's in my top ten. We'll never leave. I got to say, though, there's parts of Black Christmas that pull it off better, though. Wow. Directed by Bob Clark, who also directed... Christmas Story. A Christmas Story. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Huh. And Porky's. Uh, Black Christmas. <laughs> it's funny. So our family tradition is we watch a Christmas story, you know, 24 hours of a Christmas story. Yeah. <laughs> on TNT. Uh, Love it. The, the new tradition is uh, my wife and son will go to bed. And then I'll stay up and watch Black Christmas because <laughs> I only is, saw the remake, but the remake was fun. You I had know a what? great it, laugh. It, it's not a good movie, but yeah, you're right. It's it's funny because it's bad. Uh huh. But if you watch the original, I guarantee you, there's no laughs. Really? I not a single laugh. Like even Halloween mm-hmm. had a laugh where uh, P, is it PJ Souls? Is that her name? The one where she's like, "Do you see something you like?" Yeah, you know, she uh-huh. had, she dropped the, the the top and everything, and, and she was, you know, it was a sexy scene for the time, but like, it's kind of funny. Like, what's the matter? Cat got your tongue, you know, yeah. all that stuff, or cat got your ghost, whatever. Black Christmas, there's no funny. Really, it's just terror, 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 terror. Mm. It's really good. I'm gonna look into that. You just convinced me to. Yeah. Um, what about uh, Devil? You oh, oh, uh, M Night Shyamalan. With the in the elevator, yeah. Was that M Night Shyamalan? M Night Shyamalan wrote it and produced it. He did not direct it. Okay, I freaking love that. It does have a Shyamalan twist. Uh huh. It Um, does. But because he didn't direct it, it's good. It didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do like Devil. Devil's great. Definitely like high concept. Uh, high cons. I I love limited storytelling, mm-hmm. and that's that's as limited as you get. I mean, ninety percent of the movie takes place with inside an elevator. So good, definitely good. Um, and what's his name? Uh, the guy that married uh, Christine Hendricks. Um, uh, he's like a comedian. He's in it. He's like the main dude. I don't remember. Jeffrey Arend. You'd know his face if you saw it, I guess. Dude, he looks like M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> I got the part. <laughs> Devil, great movie. It is, it, yeah, it definitely underrated. Would, um, would you consider Little Shop of Horrors a horror movie? Uh, I mean, I would put it under uh, horror comedy for sure. Yeah, I mean, or it's like horror musical. Uh, yeah, which I can only think of another one, which is uh, Repo Man: The Genetic Opera. Have you ever <laughs> seen that? No. Repo Man: The Genetic Opera. I'll talk about that. We're talking Halloween horror movies. Um, do you remember the movie Repo Men? Of course. With Jude Law? Oh, not uh, Repo Man with or I think Emilio Estevez. It might have just been... No, not that one. I think it was just called Repo, actually. Or was it Repo Men? I, I think it was... No, I think it was Repo Man. Um, I thought it was a that, remake, but... That was a remake, uh, and I'm sure Repo, uh, Repo the Genetic Opera is a remake of something else. I just can't think of it. But, like, plot line for plot line was a remake of Repo the Genetic Opera. Hmm. And here's the thing that turned a lot of people off from it. Um, Paris Hilton is in it. And that's enough to turn a lot of people off. Don't turn away from this one because in terms of musicals, this is like a, this is up there with like, and I'm not saying in terms of quality or like iconic measureness. Yeah. If you look at uh, things like Tommy. Yeah. And like Dark Side of the Moon, like rock operas. This is essentially a rock opera. It's got Sarah Brightman in it, one of the foremost opera singers in the in the world. And she's one of the, the main characters. Um, the music is fantastic. And it rocks. Like, mm. it is, like, 
I have it on my iPad, uh, on my iPod on heavy rotation because sometimes it just friggin' rocks. <laughs> um, but Bill Mosley, who people know as Otis from House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects, he's mm-hmm. in it. Um, you know, there's a lot of familiar faces popping up in it, and you know, unfortunately, because Paris Hilton is in it, it gets a lot of crap, but mm. it shouldn't. Um, That's not fair. We've talked about Cannibal Holocaust on this movie, right? Mm-hmm. On this podcast, I should say. Not movie. Stupid. Um, underrated. The first, uh, the very first found footage horror movie. Um, bad things happened on camera. What very. do you think about Rob Zombie in general? His movies. Uh, not his music. His music's awesome. I hate to... Oh, my God. His music is awesome. <laughs> if I'm ever, like... In a, in a very special world. If it's so I'm, awesome. If I'm ever, like, working out at the gym and I can't, like, get through a workout, I yeah. put on, like, more human than human, and suddenly I, like, I can lift, like, 100 extra pounds. <laughs> he's, like, instant steroids. His music is instant steroids. Oh, man. his He was featured on NHL Hits 2003. It's the best hockey video game ever made. Uh, Blair Marty and I have been playing it religiously for, well... 14 years and uh, numb is on it feel so numb Ooh, it's such a good song we sing it often together is that your favorite rob zombie song oh yeah it's not even close honestly i don't know much of other besides the hits only because i love that video game so much that i love rob zombie because i don't like his movies feed the gods was good oh yeah okay so let's talk about his movies um i don't like them house of a thousand corpses is a comic book horror movie it's I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for two reasons. One, it is the most stylistic horror movie since Suspiria. Because whenever whenever I say stylistic horror, I yeah. mean like you're talking like German expressionism mixed with very bright colors, stuff like that. House of a Thousand Corpses is as stylized as it got since Suspiria, and that says a lot. It has a lot of style in it, and it's got I that scene. That. It's got that really obnoxious scene where the grandfather's telling the worst dirty joke ever. <laughs> Doesn't even have a punchline. Dinner's over. Ladies and germs, it's showtime! Tell you a little story. Eat your wife's pussy! <laughs> I'll eat dinner in your face! Starts licking and chomping on her pussy, and she's screaming and yelling, and she just ah! No, the old battle action. Holmes loves to crush my balls. Ah! You be quiet. You're gonna wake up, Grandma. He's him being as vulgar as possible, and then it cuts to Sherry Moon Zombie coming out in like that weird getup. Man, oh. yeah, I, like I don't it. know. He's, I like. I, I, I think it's because like. He'll throw in like Freebird, and it's just like God. Okay. Could you get more okay. cliche? So, so here's here's what I'll say about House of a Thousand Corpses. That was that wasn't House of no, a Thousand that was Corpses, Devil's Rejects. Though. Yes, correct. But I'm getting to that. House of a Thousand Corpses. I love, love, love that movie. Yeah, but I can absolutely understand why people wouldn't like it, mm. and and that's a very valid opinion to have. Devil's Rejects. Um, the thing I and from a storyteller point of view, yeah, because you're big on story, I'm surprised you don't like it more, because it does the du- it does the double switch great, or uh, the du- like the double turn. Do you, do you ever watch wrestling? I used to. Did you ever see WrestleMania 13 with Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin? 
No, but it sounds like a classic. It's so it's a match. Uh, the reason why I bring that one up is because it's known as the greatest match that ever had a double turn, where the bad guy coming into the match left as the good guy, and the good guy coming into the match left as the bad guy. Okay. It's very very hard to pull that off. Yeah. Devil's Rejects did that because when you the, say it pulled it off, it absolutely did. I'm gonna I'm gonna justify it to you. Okay. So the first half of the movie. You've got the Firefly gang, Otis, mm-hmm. Captain Spaulding, uh, you know, the, the whole gang. Um, they're murderous. They've they've pulled a full leather face, and they've, they've literally ripped people's faces off and are wearing them and chasing other people around. <laughs> it's terrifying. It's grotesque. It's brutal. And, you know, Bill Mosley delivers a Charlie Manson line, I am the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's work. You know, that's terrifying. But. Yes. By the end of the movie, you're cheering for them. You want yeah. them to survive. Right. And there's one scene that does it. And it's when they're in the van and they're on their cross country murder spree. Yeah. And they're eating ice cream. <laughs> you know why that's so amazing? Why? Everyone loves ice cream? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because until that point, no one was able to relate to them. Because all they did was kill, maim, rape, steal, plunder, everything. They did the worst of the worst. And then they had some ice cream. Yeah, I don't know. And then know. everyone goes, I like ice cream too. But like Tarantino pays homage to, to film and music and scores so well. Whereas I feel like The Devil's Rejects was just, it's trying to pay homage to things and it just wasn't. You know what Devil's Rejects was? Huh. Devil's Rejects was half horror, half 80s road trip movie. Yeah, I just, I, God, you gotta, you gotta be careful with Freebird, you know. Uh, I, I, Forrest you know, Gump. I, I'm sorry, pulls se- it off. 70s, 70s. Rejects. Yeah, because you know what? There was a lot of Easy Rider and Devil's Rejects. Totally, and it's just, but he wasn't pulling it. Yeah, I thought, he, I thought he did. Now, maybe I came into it with a misconception, knowing that I didn't particularly like House of a Thousand Corpses. So I, maybe I like kind of came in as a hater. They are two completely different tones. If yeah. you're expecting one from the other, you're going to be disappointed with the one that you're not expecting. Totally. I will say House of a Thousand Corpses was, was more entertaining than... What about the his Halloween? Okay. So, moving on to his Halloween movies, blasphemy. Yeah. Complete blasphemy. Now... Stylized. The I mask was cool. And it's, it's funny that you bring it up because John Carpenter actually just released an interview where he, for the first time, commented on it because he would never comment on them. Hmm. And he said... It, he didn't necessarily well first off he didn't enjoy them and he didn't enjoy them for the very reason that I didn't enjoy them and that is Michael Myers doesn't need a backstory the fact that he was just a six year old boy who murdered his sister was terrifying enough totally I don't need to see that he had a bad upbringing I don't need to see that he was neglected and abused and all that stuff the fact that he came the fact that in John Carpenter's uh, universe Mm -hmm. he came from a well off family and just murdered his sister that's infinitely more terrifying totally the less you know the more scary it is exactly and the other thing I don't like about it I don't like how big he is he's huge (laughs) because in the original Halloween he's he's a very average sized dude maybe a little tall but not not huge uh huh and the thing that really really pissed me off was in the second Rob Zombie Halloween movie when he's stabbing people, you yeah. can hear him go, I am sorry. I come from a universe where Michael Myers doesn't make a single noise. That's true. He should not be talking. He should not be grunting. He should not be doing anything. Which, That's again, what makes, makes him scary. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, 
funny enough, the, the uh, mask making, you didn't appreciate that. No, or? didn't didn't care. Really didn't yeah. care. I worked with uh, Daniel Harris, uh, who played <laughs> Jamie Lloyd in Halloween four and five. I worked with her on a movie called uh, Hatchet Two. Yeah. I asked her about the Halloween remakes, and yeah. and she said the first one Rob uh, pretty much had enough free reign to where he was okay with. He didn't want to make the second one, but the Weinstein's pressured him into it. Wow. And then when they finally did, and this and of course this is like third person storytelling here. Um, when they finally did, they tied his hands so much creatively that he just didn't want to show up to work anymore. So he would like literally just like show up, sit behind the director's chair and just be like, whatever, I don't care. Huh. Well, that's a shame. So, but you can tell because Halloween 2 is one of my least favorite movies ever. Man, but given that opportunity, it's like, how could you just call it in? It's the Weinsteins, dude. It, it, yeah, who knows, right? The pressure of the Weinsteins is something that no one will ever understand unless you're there. And the only person that can navigate Harvey Weinstein is Kevin Smith. <laughs> Anybody else just has no chance in hell of Plus, with Rob Zombie, you know, regardless if you like what he does or not, he's versatile. He doesn't have to put up oh, with any bullshit. sure. Yeah, he's Rob Zombie. He does whatever the hell he wants, and rightfully so. Yeah, good for him. I love people that do that. Uh, Children of the Corn is a movie that doesn't get enough love. Ooh, totally. Dude. And the sequels. Dude. Outlander! <laughs> we have your woman, Outlander! <laughs> that is uh, a good one. That is so good. And that was... Uh, 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 Sarah Connor. What the hell? Linda Hamilton? Name. Linda Hamilton, thank you. That's uh, just a great... Was that the movie that started the whole Freaky Kids thing, or was that Village of the Damned? Probably Village of the Damned, because yeah. that was black and white. Is Terminator 1 a horror movie? Is it just too sci-fi to I be mean, considered? Because it's scary. No, you can have sci-fi. The Fly is sci-fi horror. That's true. Alien is sci-fi Alien, horror. the best. Um, Terminator, see, I feel like it's sci-fi action, but that ending with the stop-motion Oh, my God, no, it's terrifying. Terrifying. In the Absolutely machine shop? Absolutely terrifying. Totally. Is, uh, and then, like... Another question, like Pan's Labyrinth, is that horror? I mean, because it, it's movie so tri- scary. That movie trips me out. Um, I mean, you feel every emotion of that movie. That I would say Pan's Labyrinth is horror fantasy. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna have to look back at 2006 horror at some point because that movie was so good. Horror fantasy and war, because that is a war movie. It's hard to it's, it's hard Spanish to categorize that. Yeah, it is. That's that's why Guillermo del Toro is so amazing. Yeah, totally. Go to the LACMA people, I'm telling you. LACMA. Um, did you ever see Copycat? No, but Sigourney I remember it Weaver? being like uh, kind of a big deal. Dude, anyone that's a fan of serial killer culture yeah. would do themselves a service to watch Copycat. <laughs> she she plays a forensic scientist uh, who, or like a, no, a forensic psychologist, sorry, who is an expert in serial killer, and she gets attacked and becomes an agoraphobic, and then... Uh, uh, this guy starts copycatting like Dahmer and the son of Sam and Ted Bundy he starts copycatting all these murderers and he's like getting to her yeah it's uh, it's just really really cool I don't want to tell too much about it because it's there's there's a couple parts in that movie that stay with you afterwards mm. definitely good though The Faculty oh yeah hell yeah that's a great movie man that was Kevin Williams after Scream that was his second movie that he wrote that was kind of a great great time for uh, teenage angst in cinema. What? I mean, that was that was around the time you had Scream. You had, I know what you did last summer. You had FPJ, the faculty. Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> He's dominating. Yeah. Well, faculty was Josh Hartnett. That's right. 
That's right. And every teenage girl immediately became moist. He, everyone, uh, he's back with uh, Penny Dreadful. I gotta watch that. I've I been highly recommended that. to watch it as well, but okay. uh, I haven't. But you know who else was in the faculty? Hmm. Elijah Wood. Yeah. You know who else was in the faculty? Who? John Stewart. What? He was the professor. Huh. You know yeah. who else was in the ter- in faculty? Huh. Robert Stack. I mean, not Robert Stack. He's dead. Robert Patrick played the T-1000. Oh, man. You know who else was in the faculty? Hmm. Selma Hayek. Yeah, she was. She was. She's a babe. There are so many actors in that movie, dude. It, it, it's, you know, it's... Famke Jansen. Fa- thank you. I was trying to remember her name, too. Yeah. She's, I've been in love with her for many, many years. Totally. Uh, it's just a fun movie, man. That you was good. Can't, you can't discount And those Final movie. Destination movies... They serve a purpose. Totally. They were fun. Yeah. They were fun. I wouldn't call them underrated or like go out and see them this, no. this Halloween. No. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Jacob's Ladder because I feel that does get enough credit. Um, <sighs> but that's... F- why does that movie make you feel so weird? It is... that is... That is the epitome of psychological horror. Yeah. It's good. Especially like at the end when he's going down the hallway and there's like that that creepy dude just like with the, the, the shaky twitching. face oh, <laughs> yeah the, the shaky face that how that house on haunted hill just mastered um, oh did you ever see house on haunted hill the remake with no um, oh god no. there's a scene where like a ghost is down a hallway and then it's just like it jumps up and it's like <laughs> <laughs> and you just see it and you're like ah, make it stop make it stop make it stop and it doesn't stop it just keeps going can we call fatal attraction a horror movie because it scared the shyster out of me god i i mean i if I wasn't married, I don't know if I would date after watching that movie. Dude, hell no. I mean, that's just... I mean, I know our... She says everything right. That's the scariest part. She... Ugh. God, Alex Winter is just a friggin' terrifying character. I mean, aren't... Let's just... Women are kind of terrifying. Well, yeah, it's because we don't know what's going on inside their head. We can't... We'll never know either. No. Ugh. Is the howling underrated? See, I'm the wrong person to ask because I actually don't like... I don't. There is a movie on the on my short list here that yeah. that does involve werewolves, and that's Ginger Snaps. Yeah, I think we talked about that one before. I don't know. Um, it it's two sisters. They one of them gets bitten by a werewolf and becomes a werewolf. It's a giant metaphor for a girl like becoming a woman because okay. like the whole like getting her period thing. Like she has she craves blood. Yeah, she has to consume blood and like eat other people. Hmm. Um. Really, really good. I I recommend it because like, it it is a very clever metaphor for for a woman developing, while also making it a fun horror movie. Because <laughs> there's another horror movie out there called Teeth. I um, still want to see that so bad. <laughs> it's so weird. I love every second of it. Yeah. I mean, it's basically a woman, a, a girl going through puberty, discovers that she has teeth in her vajayjay. Whoa. And guess what? If the teeth don't like you. They're gonna they're gonna do a little chomping. Jesus. So, oh God, I, <laughs> when my son grows up, I'm gonna show him that movie and be like, "You better make sure that you treat a woman right, so that doesn't happen to you." <laughs> and I'd say wrap it up, but I don't think that's gonna help much. No, unless unless, <laughs> unless you have <laughs> Captain America's shield as a condom. <laughs> um, Jeepers Creepers, really solid. Yeah, I never saw that. Definitely one. underrated. That's Justin Long too. Justin Long's in that one. <laughs> He's good. That's you know what? It's a people rarely do the monster movie really well anymore, and Jeepers Creepers did it really well. Hmm. Um, Candyman, that's a hell of a monster. Candyman. Um, 
I feel like that gets the love it deserves. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Truly, it's that it's one. like uh, aged pretty well. Yeah, it's held up strangely. Uh, the mist. Now you have not seen the mist. I haven't. No, I'm sorry. The single most blah ending of all time, and I don't mean blah like eh. I mean blah like get me a bucket. I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> like actual blah. Blah because and it doesn't show anything. It's not graphic. Mm-hmm. It's the subject matter that makes you go. Ugh, yeah. But no, it's not. It's not like a Serbian film. Okay. <laughs> God. It's not like that for sure. It's um, the main character played by Thomas Jane. Um, I love Thomas Jane. He is so good. So so good. Um, it's funny because this movie has one of my all-time favorite performances by Marsha Gay Harden as a religious zealot who is convinced that the end of the world is here. And when you look outside the window, it pretty much is. Mm. It's all these crazy monsters coming in from another dimension. Um, she's convinced that God has sent them to kill the wicked. And she starts like organizing the townspeople against each other. And just like anything that you could ever say negatively about religion, she completely embodies. And Thomas Jane just Thomas Jane just wants to escape. That's all he wants. Yeah. But the religious zealot is like, no, we... You must be sacrificed because you're the worst of the worst because you don't believe and blah, blah, blah. Um, Thomas Jane uh, has to make a decision at the end of this movie. And it's the decision that makes you go, Ugh. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't want to say anything more than that. Anyone that is listening right now that has seen The Mist knows exactly what I'm talking about. And they're probably like crying just thinking about it. Mm, it looks really good. You know when I fell in love with Thomas Jane was Deep Blue Sea. Yes, and he's like the hero, yes. but like every like fifteen minutes he's like slipping and falling, and you just don't you never see your hero like falling and stuff. Yeah, that's why it was a fun movie. It was, and was that that, that scene that horror. Was, uh, no, I mean Jaws is definitely it's more of a horror, thriller, but I guess. Yeah, I mean anything uh, where uh, spoiler alert where Samuel L. Jackson. Is, oh, man. is dying about, halfway yeah. through completely unexpectedly is pretty fun. Uh, but there, dude, there was a sexy scene in that movie where the, the lead scientist lady, she has to like strip down and, and stand yeah. on her wetsuit, which didn't total serve no babe. purpose at all. <laughs> but she did that, and you're like, oh, this is the first time we're seeing any sort of TNA in this movie. Yeah, Kudos. she was attractive. Very There's attractive. some good like comedic horror films, too. Like uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Did you see that one? Yeah. It was great. I'm just kidding. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah, uh, Killer Clowns. I saw that movie Super a little fun. too late. Really? So it, it doesn't register on my sentimentality. Well, yeah. Well. So, sorry about and, that. And uh, even like Gremlins is kind of like a comedic horror. I would absolutely say Gremlins is horror for sure. So that, good. There's some legit terrifying stuff in that movie. Yeah. And the soundtrack is great too. So good. We love we love the Gremlins. Um, I j- missed Krampus and I'm really bummed. I, I need to see that before I go to Halloween Horror Nights because that's apparently one of the... Uh, one of the mazes. Joe, you ever heard of a movie called The Sentinel? No. Is it like an X-Men thing? No. No. Not that fun. Um, it's 19, uh, 1970s, 1980s horror. It's not that great, but it does have one of the biggest like jump scares in, in movie history that I can think of. Hmm. This woman moves into a building and she slowly realizes that everybody else living there is a ghost. Cool. Um, and like half of them are cool and half of them are terrifying. <laughs> so go figure. Uh, but there's a scene where she's walking around at night and uh, like all the lights are out. She has a flashlight and one ghost just walks right past her. She flashes the light up and it turns around. It's like, 
So, good <laughs> stuff. If you like jump scares, uh, you can probably just look at that one on YouTube. You don't need to see the whole movie for it. Yeah. Um, the Burbs. We've talked about The Burbs on this yeah. podcast before. Love that movie. That's a horror comedy for sure. Would you consider Bad Taste a horror movie? Yeah, but it went more for laughs than for scares. Yeah. I mean, it's worth seeing just because you, you kind of see where Peter Jackson started and like how he got to where he did. Right. Man, what a what a intro! Uh, Serial mom, <laughs> Kathleen, Kathleen Turner. Turner? No, I didn't see that, but oh, I remember dude, got, seeing it in the video store. It's got Matthew Lillard from Scream in it. Huh. It's got Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake. What happened to her? She's just sitting on a bunch of talk show money right now. Probably good for her though. Yeah, I mean, if I could have made that money, I would have. Um, another horror comedy. Um, definitely more comedy than horror. Mm-hmm. But anytime you're dealing with a woman that's killing. 10 people it has to be horror technically <laughs> so if it's a guy it's not I mean that double yeah. standard exists uh, sleepaway camp oh man I feel like I should have seen that at yes. this point in my life um, now people watch all right now this is a movie that went for horror and got laughs yeah so it's it's a horror comedy that wasn't meant to be a comedy hmm. but it does have one of the most fucked up endings I've ever seen in my entire life and I don't want to spoil it because you kind of have to sit through the entire movie to really appreciate it. Yeah. But with that being said, sitting through the entire movie is not a a, a, a mundane task. I mean, there's parts where, like, the the camp cook yeah. is literally saying stuff like, Look at all that young, fresh chicken. Where I come from, we call them baldies. Makes your mouth water, don't it? Artie, they're too young to even understand what's on your mind. Then, good buddy, there ain't no such thing as being too young. You're just too old. <laughs> it's mm. like, Jesus, dude, calm down. God, uh, the early 80s were so good for horror, though. Sleepaway Camp was actually the number one movie in the country the week it was released. And no only, way. It only grossed like $2 million. Wow. But it was so and it had a series of sequels, right? Yeah, straight to DVD. Oh, straight to VHS at VHS that point. VHS at that point. Uh, Funny Games, I think we've talked about. That's a disturbing movie. But I feel like that movie gets a lot of love. Um, I don't know, dude. Any, uh, we, got, we got some more on this list. But, I mean, I feel like Tucker and Dale versus Evil. If no one's ever seen that, Jesus, do yourself a favor. <laughs> funny, funny, funny movie. I mean, did you ever see Tucker and Dale? No. Take every cliche you know about horror movies, like backwoods horror movies, yeah, and flip it. the The backwoods rednecks are the heroes of the movie, and it's the college kids that think that they're being killed are the villains of the movie. So true. Those it's freaking white privileged college kids. It's so fun. like it's it's basically to the point where like a, a guy is like, like okay, we're gonna go kill these these redneck guys because they they kidnapped one of their friends. They didn't kidnap anybody. A girl fell down and like smashed her head, and they're taking care of her. But they <laughs> they think that they kidnapped her. Huh? So this one guy like grabs a pitchfork. He's like, I'm gonna go for it. He goes to like he runs after one of them, but ends up tripping and and falling into a wood chipper. Just as the guy turns around, he's trying to save him by pulling him out. But the guy, all the other kids look around. And it looks like he's forcing him in. Hmm. So it it spins everything around on Smart. its head. It's so damn funny hmm. and. I mean, this is this is a five out of five Netflix movie for sure. Uh, if you haven't seen it, this would probably be my number one. This and Black Christmas would be my recommendations for movies you have to see this week. Hmm. 
I can't wait for Halloween, and I can't wait to check out some of these films. Yeah, it's a good one, dude. I'll I'll leave the rest for uh, for another another conversation, another date. Oh yeah, you love talking horror. I know. I could go all night. That's what she said. But anyways, <laughs> um, those are those are just a lot of you know, they should be classic horror movies, but they just. Uh, you know, when you do a top 25 horror, it's always the same ones, and these just don't get any love. So Totally. Hopefully you know they what? got the, some love here. The time's going to change pretty soon. It's going to get dark super early, yeah. at least for us in California. Yeah. So do yourself a favor and uh, listen to us. We'll check them out. <laughs> All right, dude. We'll take a quick time out, pay some bills. We'll come back, and Joey, what's your word we're going to talk about? The 2008 Oscar Best Picture. It's a lot on the line, people. Here we go. And no Country for Old Men. That was a hell of a movie. It was. Let's see if it sustains. Mm. I don't think it will. Mm. Okay. Time out. Well, that's at the time that we're recording this, but I was going to say it's two nights in time. (gasps) I love two nights in. They're back. Oh, my God. They're back again. They're back? They are uh, currently uh, in, as we're recording this, they are currently in Europe and, you know, jumping around from England to Iceland. Joey, come here. Must be nice. Dude, they're always hopping around. They're always sending pictures. Look at some of these hotel rooms they got here. I mean, right now, they're they're at the Rosewood in London. Look look at the food. Look at the food from the hotel. I mean, that's... Whoa! I mean, that's like... That's like Wonka's factory. I was just going to say it's like Wonka's stuff, dude. (laughs) But, I mean, just you want to talk about like high-end, classy-looking stuff, and the best part is they can get you there. Man, I want to go there. How do well, I do that? Call them. You can visit their website, twonightsin.com. That's T-W-O-N-I-G-H-T-S-I-N, twonightsin.com. Check them out. Hit them up on the website. They'll hook you up with a special deal that only they can get because they go out of their way for you. They don't get any of those cheapo little packages. They make it for you specifically after you tell them what you want. Joey, where do you want to go? Look at that cake. That is the... Uh, I yeah. want to go there. That cake can be found in the Rosewood, London, if you want to go there to eat that cake. Wow. So hit up my buddies over at twonightsin.com. They will hook you up. Visit them on Facebook. Check them out on Instagram. Instagram's the best, though, because they're always updating on that. and Just really kind of tempting you with what they can get you, you know? And I love that name, because, like, one night ain't enough. It never no. is. It's got to be two. It's totally. got to be two. Gotta sleep in. And I should say that they can get you more than two, for sure, but... Uh, that's the name of the Do company. yourself a favor. Check them out. TwoNightsIn.com. Joey, mm-hmm. Joey, mm-hmm. Joey. That's my, that's me. That's you. Hi. Um, so we talked about it before. Uh, I was feeling weird things when they announced that uh, our beloved movie of uh, 
No Country for Old Men won the Oscar that year. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how I felt about it. Like, you know, as the years were progressing, I don't really think it was the one that probably should have won. It's a hell of a movie. And that's, you know, that's that's the thing that kind of kills me is that it it really is a great, great movie. I mean, you have Antoine, Anton, Antoine Chigurh, one of the greatest villains of all time. <laughs> uh, I mean, how do you how do you not award that? Obviously, they did. And obviously, they did for the movie. They did for, uh, you know, for that role. But there will be blood. It has one of the greatest performances of all time. I was at the time. I remember thinking this is bullshit <gasps> because it's like th- there will be blood is going to last the test of time. People will be studying that for years. No country for old men's great. You know what? They're going to be studying. There will be blood. The movie. Mm-hmm. They're going to be. They're going. They're going to be studying. No country for old men. The scene. And you know what scene I'm talking about? The coin flip. Call mm. it friendo. You know, that's that's the only scene that whenever anyone references that movie, that's what they go to. Hmm. You talk about there will be blood. I mean, you could you could talk about how the first 20 minutes has no dialogue. You could talk about the preacher scene where um, uh, Paul Dano's beating the hell out of Daniel Day-Lewis. Um <laughs> Or, you know, fast forward all the way to the end with the bowling pin. The bowling pin. There's there's a lot more memorable moments, and the overall package, I think, is better. Totally. But no, Country like- for Old Men, though, the one scene I, I reference is the opening scene when he's hunting, and he takes a shot, and you see him pick up the bullet shell and put it back in his pocket. And without any words, you, you know so much about this man. Like He doesn't waste. He doesn't. He's refilling his bullets. Yep. You know, he's that type of guy. Um, he hunts. I mean, you, you learn so much without like one one word spoken, right. which is great and beautiful. But then you go to there will be blood. Yeah, the first twenty minutes there's nothing said. Yeah, but you're telling the, you're telling the story the whole time, man. It's um, gonna be hard not to talk about these two movies the whole time. I feel like it's and like I said, it, there might be a third dark horse that goes in there somewhere. But for right now, um, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time talking about any of the other movies, but let's just kind of give the people a recap of what 2007 was because the year was 2008 for the Oscars, but the, the movie year was 2007. Mm-hmm. So the other, um, so no country for old men won. there will be blood is obviously going to be our, our probably, probably the perennial pick to go up against it. Um, the other three nominees that year were atonement, Juno and Michael Clayton. Uh, you didn't see Michael Clayton. I have not. No, Michael Clayton, uh, Solid performances, solid script, overall picture worth a watch, but not in a not in a there will be blood kind of a way. No, <laughs> no. I mean, I if anyone was like, oh, I'm going to watch Michael Clayton, I'd be like, hey, you enjoy because hmm. that's a solid movie. But you know what? I've seen it. I don't need to see it again. Yeah, I mean, corporate law firm drama. It's hard to compare. It's not like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, where you could go back and watch that movie over and over again. Uh-huh. It's just, it's a one and done. And what about Atonement? Atonement is good for uh, that one giant tracking shot that lasts like seven minutes. <laughs> you know which one I'm talking about, right? I have not seen Atonement oh, either. Oh, I thought you saw Atonement. No, oh, I'm sorry. The, you know what? And I hate to say this. English drama, correct? Yeah, Kira Knightley and... Um, God, they love nominating her in her films. Yeah, they do. What's she, up with that? She is the go-to period piece. I mean, she's actress. pretty. 
Yeah, and she's always in a period piece. Yeah. Drives my sister crazy. <laughs> she's just, I don't know why. She just hates it. But she needs to explain that one. And obviously, like, it was a book, right? Yeah, so I was going to say the thing that, that uh, I don't want to say this because it pisses me off when people say it. Mm-hmm. I feel like Atonement would be better as a book. Okay. Um, it There was something lacking in in the tone. Mm-hmm. Um, no pun intended. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Ah, zing! <laughs> um, I don't need to get into the plot. Um, it, it's, I'm not going to sway people one way or another to see it, but it's... Uh, I enjoyed it. Yes, I did. Would I watch it again? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year, no, not okay. not for this year. Um, Juno, the most overrated hipster bullshit movie <laughs> that has come out in a long time. I'm glad you said that. I don't have anything against hipsters. There's nothing wrong with being. I hip. do. I do. But when you're trying <laughs> so hard, that's when you piss people off, and that's why that that group gets so much flack, dude. Tic-tac. She just tried too hard with the the, the dialogue. Tic tacs. Like that movie basically was an, a ninety-minute long ad for Tic Tacs. <laughs> I I don't clever. Like, it's clever. Uh, I don't like it for the very the reasons best. that you just said. It tried so hard, way too hard. People don't talk like that. Great, you made up your own language. Everyone loves Michael Sarah, but even that movie wasn't Michael Sarah esque. No, you know. No, it, I, I feel like it was like. I don't know. I like the Academy is trying to push Jason Reitman into like a stratosphere. Yeah. And they failed. It's, you know what it was? I, if, and if you go back to 2008, after this movie came out, Mm -hmm. people were all over this movie. They're like, why shouldn't it win best picture? It's, it's original. It's great. It's funny. It's quirky. Yeah. But it was, you didn't say it was good. No. Cause what teenage pregnancies edgy, like kind of, you know, obviously inappropriate. You could make teenage pregnancy into a movie, but it, that wasn't it. No. You know what's a better teenage pregnancy movie that I would watch any day of the week? Huh. Saved. Oh, that's a great movie. That is a great movie. That's a really good movie. Saved is so much better than Juno. What happened? Was it just like a, the perfect combination of like Jason Reitman and Diablo Cody and and cute little what's her name? Uh, Ellen Page. Ellen Page, yeah. Speaking of Ellen Page. Yeah. Have you ever seen a movie called Hard Candy? Mm, I don't think so. I remember it. It's so good. Yeah? It's so good. It looked good. I remember with the red hoodie sweatshirt. Yep. And who's the, who's the dude? Patrick? Uh, um, Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. Mm. I like Patrick Wilson. Um, I don't want to say anything about Hard Candy because you can literally spoil that entire movie by saying too much. Man, I remember wanting to see it really bad. Yeah, it's... Uh, Add that one to the list of stuff you need to see this week. <laughs> oh, by the way, speaking of stuff you haven't seen, um, did you ever finish Dead Poets Society? I don't <gasps> Evan, know. I have such good news. Did you finish it? I finished it. <gasps> What'd you think? Yeah. What'd you think? Okay, I get why you love it. Oh, come on. Um, I have a feeling that most people are going to have a hard time relating to privileged white males who take rowing for P.E., Okay, and then, oh, you killed yourself because you were sad? Like, homie, that's your fault. Wow, you sh- dude. Oh, you didn't get, you got the role like your dad has wants you to do? You know what? Here's an idea. Graduate high school, go to college if your dad's going to force you to do that, and then go be an actor. Like, sorry. Um, hey, and you know what? It was no field of dreams. 
Joey. Everybody can relate with baseball. Joey. Japanese people love it. Joey. Yeah. It's nice that you had parents that allowed you to express yourself. I did. I had parents that allowed me to express myself. Oh, good for you. But I know a lot of people whose parents are very much, this is your course in life. This is where you will go. Hmm. And the second one teacher comes in that person's life and unlocks that imagination by yeah. just a little bit. That was beautiful. That Absolutely part was beautiful. beautiful. But uh, suicide's a, a delicate subject, and I'm going to try to be calm and collected with this one. I will um, say the real victim is everybody else, you know, when it comes down to it. And, homie, just wait a couple of years. Like, you jumped the gun. No pun intended. Don't disagree, but you also realize you were a kid at that point. Yeah. How, how ignorant were we at that age where we thought we knew the entire world? And when that really when that moment comes in your life where your parents kind of shelter you or, or like kind of box you up a little bit, you think the entire world is over because it is a very selfish and a very yeah, egotistical thing. But that's age. what kids that age think. Yeah, and again, I I enjoyed it. I did. Yeah, it is. Well, it's, it's fantastic. Because and you get this beautiful poetry. You know, it's like it's multi level. You know, but. It wasn't. It wasn't the best picture that year, and I, we're still not too sure about Field of Dreams. <laughs> but Field of Dreams is a, overall a better a better picture than okay, that. Okay, fine. Yeah, the rowing really threw me. But off. Juno sucks. We yeah, we agree that that I can't even believe it got nominated. I know. Okay, so um, oh, you're so edgy, Academy. You nominated Juno. <laughs> I would love to just sit here and shit on Juno <laughs> for the next hour because I totally could. Totally. Um, okay, let's let's save let's save that one. Um, the big animated movie that year was Ratatouille. How did that get not get nominated? Yeah, I mean it was solid, very very solid, very solid. Um, but it's not going to go up against There Will Be Blood. No, I, I mean if we redo the nominations, yeah, there's not going to be too many films, right? Because. You know, The Will Be Blood was so good. But right. Ratatouille should have been nominated. I don't disagree. Um, super bad. <laughs> Ar- arguably the most influential comedy in decades. Yeah, and out of that whole bunch, that's by far the best movie. Yeah, w- yeah. when you have, like, Knocked Up, mm-hmm. Super Bad. Like, Super Bad stood out everywhere. It was good. I mean, there's just so many memorable parts Talk about, movie. yeah, like, uh, you know, Michael Sarah and Juno, it was like, okay, that's not your best. Yeah, Super Bad. He, but, I like... Mean, just the, the beginning scene where where Jonah Hill's like, go to school, boys. Bye, mom. Bye, Jane. I am truly jealous. You got to suck on those tits when you were a baby. Yeah, well, at least you got to suck on your dad's dick. <laughs> like, oh what man, the hell? that is, I mean, this a is horrible, horrible back and forth. But you know, you talk like that yeah, with your buddies. Clearly, a biased podcast here, but that's yeah, um, all good. Yeah, we that movie spoke to me. I'm sure it spoke to you as yeah. well. Super bad's fantastic. I yeah, mean, who did all the get drawings, drunk? dude? I, you know, it's funny. I was just gonna say, like, who doesn't get drunk and tell their best friend that they love them? Oh, I love that, but I don't need to get drunk to tell you I love you. Buddy. No, no, we're sober with our <laughs> love. Uh, Transformers, not that it would ever get nominated, but by far the best of the bunch. And you know what? It didn't destroy my childhood. No, I was pumped. Yeah. I mean, besides the fact that I had started writing the screenplay and then I found out they made this and I was a little depressed, but hey, Spielberg beat me to it. What am I going to do? Was your screenplay better? Yeah, but mine was going to be rated R and it was going to be like the Transformers, like picking humans up and squishing them in their hands and being like, silly humans, (laughs) like like a real threat to humanity, you know? Instead, but instead of the give me your glasses, 
<laughs> Wick wicky. You you go from squishing humans to can I have your glasses, please? Yeah, it was all right. It was better than all right. Because uh, graphically, it still kind of holds up, you yeah. know, special effects wise. And you know what? Transformers is the perfect example of how the sequels just really shit the bed. They did. There. Yeah. I mean, I will watch Transformers a lot, mm-hmm. but the, you can't hold me down to watch those sequels. No, they're too long. They're too long. And you know what? For a movie that's like 90% CG. Yeah. You can't see what's going on. No, no, too that, too much visual. Too fast, too tight. Just, yeah, just but that much. first one, they're like they're you know they're wrestling on the freeways and it's like super cool. Big scope. Yeah, Michael Bay, you did good on that. Liam one, Neeson is the voice of uh, Optimus Prime. Like I am Optimus Prime. Come on. Yeah, they didn't they didn't go too far one way or the other. I, Lebeau, whatever. He was all right in that movie, but. Um, um, yeah, it definitely didn't earn a nomination. Um, hey, speaking of uh, horror musicals, yeah, there's a third one here. Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. Um, I fell asleep good. during it. Not good. I fell asleep. So not good. Yeah, uh, that was a movie that suffered from its own hype. Yeah, like, I was really looking forward to it. People were like, "Oh my god, Johnny Depp's gonna sing! It's gonna be amazing!" Well, guess what? He can't sing that well. So no. Um, a couple of westerns out that year. Uh, Three Ten to Yuma. Which I thought was great. You know what 310 to Yuma sh- uh, showed me? Hmm. Ben Foster is one of the greatest actors alive today that gets zero credit. Ben Foster. Look him up. I'll wait. Hold, please. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a hell of an actor. Love Ben Foster. Yeah. Uh, Lone Survivor. Did you see that one? Uh, yeah. Oh, God, that was hard to watch. That's a great movie. Just 20, 20 hours of people falling down a mountainside. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Lots of falling. Um, and then th- th- another movie that was out that year was The Assassination of Jesse James by the cow- by the coward Robert Ford. That's a one-and-done movie. I don't need to see that more than once. Yeah. So, um, good performances, but you know what? That, that had Oscar bait written all over it, and I did not bite. Hmm. So take that. Do you want to talk about the other Oscar bait that? Yeah, American Gangster. Um, I know some people are going to call us racist for not liking this movie, and I call those people racist, but what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> you know what? You have Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe for the first time together since Virtuosity. Should have been good. A um, lot of hype. If anyone got that Virtuosity reference, just good for you. <laughs> Because Joey just brushed right over that I, one. I, yeah, I didn't see Virtuosity. It's I'm so, sorry. It's a bad sci-fi yeah. action flick. Um, Damn it. American Gangster. True story of one of New York's most notorious gangsters. Um, you know what? They swung for the fences and they foul-tipped it. <sighs> Russell Crowe. I don't know. Just I trying. feel like it's been a slow decline for him. Not quick. Yeah, he wasn't the best part of Les Mez either. Now prisoner 24601. Your time is up and your parole's begun. I mean, L.A. Confidential, you're like, okay, here's the future of cinema. Beautiful and, mind. And he, yeah. capped, he capped it with uh, Gladiator. And right, right. I mean, kind Robin Hood was, at that point. was detestable. Robin Hood was <sighs> god-awful. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a better actor than I am. but uh, Oh, for sure. And here's the thing. I still get excited when I see him you know, on the marquee. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, Russell Crowe. Right. But... Man of Steel, I didn't mind he, him. Even he, yeah, <laughs> and that was a crap movie. Yeah, he just, you know what? 
the movies that he's in do not live up to his potential. Yeah, there's a lot of potential surrounding him. That's tough. The Insider was good. Insider was great. That was that was his coming out party. That was, right? Yeah. But, well, LA Confidential was before that. Um, yeah, but you know what? He was like a... Was it, would you consider him the lead or this? Or no, support? I just remember that, like, oh, okay, this is like the first time I've that seen was this an, guy. That was an ensemble cast, <clears throat> and the insider was where he was like, no, I'm I'm a leading man for sure. Mm. You know what's a great, totally off subject, and he made a movie called Proof in 1991. Did not see that. With Hugo Weaving about a blind man. Uh, he, befriend, he becomes friends with this blind man who's Hugo Weaving. Crazy plot twist right in the middle of the film. It's beautifully done. I highly recommend Proof. Interesting. We need to actually create a list of stuff that you need to see and I need to see. (laughs) Um, Gone Baby Gone. Your boy, Ben Affleck. This was the movie that brought him back from obscurity because after uh, the whole... uh, What was the name? Yeah, what was the name? Was it Benifer? Benifer. Ugh, I hate that there's a name. Um, Everyone wrote him off. He was done. And then all of a sudden this movie came out called Gone Baby Gone that people saw starring Morgan Freeman and Casey Affleck. And people were like, wow, this is really good. Who directed that? Who did that? Ben Affleck. (laughs) And people were like, dude, did Benifer really direct a movie? This was his first. This was his first directorial. And he followed it up with The Town. And then he followed it up with Argo. Oscar award winning Argo. Yeah. Yeah. Ben Affleck is one of my favorite directors because dude can pull it off. And Gone Baby Gone was proof. Hmm. Man, The Town was really good, too. The Town was great. I mean, He's that, directed some great movies. The Town. I mean, there's a few of them, but... So I know Jeremy Renner was in uh, The Hurt Locker, and he got nominated for The Hurt Locker, and that was, that was his coming out party. But when he was in The Town, people were like, okay, we can't get enough of him now. Like, we need more Jeremy Renner. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he so, blew up. Uh, the Simpsons movie also came out that year. That was great. That was underwhelming. Really? Because you know what? People had already, like, the Simpsons movie came out 15 years too late. I agree with that. Um, they should have done what South Park did, Strike While the Iron Was Hot. Because mm. you know what? The show's still going on, but I don't know anyone that watches The Simpsons after the 10th season. No, and I hear people say, like, God, I watched The Simpsons the other day, and it was actually really good. And it's like, we're surprised... It's even still around. Kinda. Yeah, but you know what? I'll watch South Park all day because they yeah. they are relevant. Yeah, and like you said, if they would have done this in the '90s, it probably would have been yeah much bigger. I, the only thing but it I, was good. The only thing I took away from the Simpsons movie was Spider Pig. Totally. Spider Pig, Spider Pig does whatever a spider pig does. Can he swing from a web? No, we can't. He's a pig. Look out! He is a spider pig. Um. In Little Martin on the 20th Century Fox statue in the very beginning in the opening credits. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I forgot about that. But, but far from Best Picture. Yeah. Uh, Blades of Glory, definitely not. Oh, it's so good. It's funny, but dude, we're talking Oscars here. Come on, man. They call me the illustrated man. <laughs> was that Will Ferrell's? No, Kicking and Screaming was pretty good. I was going to say, was that Will Ferrell's last good movie, but... I never saw Kicking and Screaming. Oh, it's f***ing hilarious. <gasps> Pardon my French. Starts You're out. swearing more than I am at this point. <laughs> like, um, I was born into this world a baby. <laughs> it's good. Uh, 300 was also out that year. Um, I like 300. You know what? If we're talking Zack Snyder's overall career, 
Dawn of the Dead is his best movie. Not three hundred, huh? No, because you know what? Three started that whole hyper genre. Have, I I enjoy three hundred. I'll still watch three hundred, but you know what? It lacks the story. The reason why yeah. three hundred is so amazing is because of the the look and the graphics of it. Yeah, uh, everything else about it is is just meh. Totally, it's very it's very okay. Far from competitive in this in this list. And then Zack Snyder took a big steaming shit all over the rest of his career. <laughs> Congratulations. God, he sucks. Uh, this is also the year that the Grindhouse movies were out. Those were fun. They were fun. Um, it was an experience. It was an experience. And obviously he wasn't looking for like, uh, you know, awards by doing these films. No. Tarantino. No. Um, I mean, they're they're fun. Uh, Death Proof definitely drags a lot. Mm-hmm. I like Planet Terror better because I feel, I feel like Robert Rodriguez did grindhouse better than tarantino did like the style the style was better because you know they had like the film melting halfway through the movie right 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 just like little things like that that were fun was it a little like too much homage i don't know i, I mean that was the whole point of it yeah i like death proof though i you know the death proof was good i love fun. kurt russell love me some kurt russell mm-hmm. Uh, I am legend was out that year that was that was great despite the fact that the creatures oh this is this is my favorite thing I love how people are like, you can't criticize the creatures for being too CG because they're creatures. Well, no, because they were originally human, and just because you have a disease doesn't mean that your jaw, which is a bone, automatically becomes elastic. True. That was the problem with that movie, is that the monsters look like crap. But when they're all huddling together in that one room... Oh, it's terrifying. It's creepy. Super scary. Super scary. I didn't like the Bob Marley angle. And, like, Three Little Birds isn't Bob Marley's best song. And I just oh, I it made it kind of cheesy. Disagree. Yeah. Love Three Little Birds. That being said, I love this movie. Let me let me ask you something, because I have a little theory about, um, about one of the most pivotal scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. When he's driving down the road trying to get home. Yeah. And his mannequin that he moves around the store is suddenly out in the middle of the street. Yeah. What's up with that? Because I have a theory, but I want to hear yours. They're they're messing with them. They they're growing intelligent, right? Is that what you think? I, uh, you think that they planted that statue in the middle of the street to to well, it wasn't his him. dog. Yeah, they were like they were baiting him, right? You want to know my theory on that? I would love to. I think he did that. Whoa! Because he's slowly going crazier and crazier. Yeah, that he doesn't realize that he did that. So when he sees it, he's like, "What's going on? What's going on?" And it's his own insanity that's creeping in that did him in now i know everyone's gonna say it well the creature was there waiting for him true yeah and then they start to like slowly get outside a little bit more and more as the shadow creeps over right there's just something in that scene that and i can't exactly put my finger on it that just makes me feel like he did it to himself and he doesn't realize it I like that 
theory better than than them like baiting him. Because here's the thing: if regardless of what of who actually did it, mm-hmm. he's still going crazy because he's still talking to the statue. Like, like, how True. did you get here? How did you get here? Which make which solidifies my theory in my head more. Yeah, that he did it himself because he's crazy. He's God, that's a good crazy. movie though. It's fun. It is good. I, I, I just wish they would have spent another twenty million on making the creatures look a little better. Yeah, what happened there? CGI, I mean, they spent a lot of money. CGI budget cuts. Is that was that his last good film? No, Concussion was great. Oh shoot, I didn't see Concussion or great. Seven Pounds. Uh, Seven Pounds very melodramatic. I saw Hancock, not good. Nope. Um, Hot Fuzz. Missed Hot Fuzz. <gasps> Did you like Shaun of the Dead? Evan, don't kill me. I'm going to if you I say own what I think it, you're about to say. I and I still haven't seen it. <laughs> and I oh god, he's coming after me. Okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. Just give me a second. I don't know why I haven't seen it. I, you know what? I saw. I'm not talking to you. Okay, I saw Paul. The alien movie that they did and it was like really f- underwhelming. Fucking kidding me! And all my closest friends tell me like Shaun of the Dead's great. You've What's wrong with you, Paul? But you haven't seen Shaun of the Dead. I think it was just more of a timing thing when I saw Paul. But uh, Shaun of the Dead came out the same time that Napoleon Dynamite did. If you didn't buy both those movies together, you're an asshole. <laughs> Love Napoleon Dynamite, dude. Shaun of the Dead is in my top five of all time. Really? Absolutely. Wait, it's Kubrick made more than five films. He's not in my. He doesn't have all five in the top five. Okay, well, it's an objective list or subjective list, I guess. So, Shaun of the Dead is the single greatest horror comedy of all time. Better than Little Shop of Horrors, because you know what? There is legit horror, okay. and there is legit comedy, and they very much respect the boundaries. Hmm. Because here's the thing: there's yeah. there's two types of horror comedy. There's the horror comedy where the uh the characters are in a are are stupid but in a realistic world yeah and then there's the kind where the world is stupid so even if it even if it wasn't a, a horror movie but let's say like like a mel brooks movie is a movie where the world is stupid mm-hmm. like airplane yeah everybody in that movie is stupid in some way right you know whereas a movie like dumb and dumber the characters are stupid, uh-huh. but the world around them is normal. Right, right. So, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz are are like that, where it's the characters that are stupid, but in a realistic world. Hmm. Man, okay, I'll I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I just Nick Frost, that's his name, right? This the other guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Paul wasn't very good, dude. There's a scene that might make you cry in Shaun of the Dead. Hmm. That's how good that movie is. Okay, I literally own it. I will watch it. That'll be the next uh, Dead Poet Society. So pissed off. You I'm sorry. Hot Fuzz is really good, too. You should see it. Um, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Oh, wait. Hot, it wasn't even that year. Hot Fuzz was that year. Right. So, what, what? Well, I'm talking about Hot Fuzz, but if you haven't seen Shaun of the Dead, then... <laughs> God damn. Not that, the, not that it's a sequel or anything, but come on, man. You got you to gotta watch okay. Shaun of the Dead. All right. I, maybe it's a English bias. Do you not like Monty Python? I, I, it's all right. <gasps> I need to watch more of it. I'm not schooled enough. I'm not well enough educated on Monty Python. I'm sorry. Joe, I feel like we can't be friends anymore. Oh, no. Don't say that. I have English friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, I have black friends. <laughs> yeah. English lives matter. All right, Evan? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, my 
good. Man. Uh, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, uh, highly, highly underrated drama thriller. Uh, Ethan Hawke and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, it's it's like half heist movie, half family drama, um, but like definitely definitely has like a small town attitude type of type of feel to it. Super super good though. Um, I know you haven't seen it, so I won't drag on about it. But you got to see that. The trailer looked great. I did see fifteen minutes of Rescue Dawn, and I turned it off. Okay, tell me why. Um, okay, first of all, the graphics on the like in the plane. When he's flying it, like right away, super cheesy. I don't know. They spent zero money on that. Anyways, then he gets caught, right? And he's getting tortured. And he's like, I peed my pants. I peed my pants. Why are you doing this to me? I peed my pants. It's like, dude, they're tor- you're chained up and they're torturing you. Why, do you. why Why is this guy screaming about him wetting himself? Warner Herzog, what happened on this one? Joey. I, there's a scene that I can't tell you about because if I do, you're going to anticipate it and then it's not going to be as shocking. But there's a scene towards the end of the movie that is so shocking. Yeah. I, it, it's good. Oh, this it was really, it, this it, it seemed really like it was good. filmed bad. The graphics were bad. And then that, that scene was going way too long. And like who homie, you're getting tortured. Did you see a director's cut or something? I don't know. I, I don't think so. I feel like Herzog's only does, uh, right? They're cut. all his. Yeah, it's just like stop crying about peeing your pants. So I stopped. Okay. Yeah. Well, whatever. If that doesn't do it, I personally Sorry. love pant wedding. But what are you gonna do? I love Grizzly Man. No. Oh no, <laughs> dude. You know what pissed me off about Grizzly Man? Huh. You can't present evidence. Like you can't say that you have evidence of something that your entire subject matter is based on. Yeah. And then not give it to the audience. That was. Bullshit. What the footage? No, the, the the audio. Uh, that is complete bullshit. And I, I love Werner Herzog movies, but I really lost respect for him for that. He's basically saying, mm. "I've got this carrot on a stick that everybody wants to listen to," and you know what? Nope, <laughs> not gonna give it to you. Huh. Screw him for that. That was bullshit. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was just too. No, then you know what? Don't make the movie. The whole movie is based on this dude that got eaten by bears. If you're not going to present every piece of evidence that you have, don't make the movie. Well, and he's made like such poignant stuff like God's Angry Man. Do you ever see that about? uh... No, I saw Aguirre, Wrath of God, and I saw uh, Fitzcarraldo and the documentary about making Fitzcarraldo. Okay, yeah, he made a documentary about Gene Scott, the crazy um, pastor, whatever. Anyways. I also yeah, saw. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it, it, that really just pissed me off. But, that's but was not... Rescue Dawn like okay? I didn't finish it, but would it have been nominated more so than Ratatouille or even Juno? Maybe in a different year. I mean, it literally looked like when he was flying in the plane, like a scene from like a 1950s movie, with like not even a green screen, with like a rear like projection, painted rear projection. Yeah. yeah. Once you actually get into the POW stuff, okay. it, it just becomes I feel really bad. Intense. I'll, um, you talk about Darjeeling Unlimited because I hate Wes Anderson. <laughs> when I saw this, I, and I like, I was, I'm still a fan. I was really anticipating this, but I feel like right away I was just like, you know what? They just wanted to go on a trip to India, and they're like, let's. I feel like it was kind of rushed, and they just kind of forced it out. There's some great scenes. In fact, 
when uh, what's his name Schwartzman licks his fingers before he like touches the girl's area. Um, that hasn't really been done in in mainstream cinema. I was like super impressed with that. Other than that, I really I it wasn't that impressed. So Joey, let me ask you a question. Nah. You think Darjeeling Unlimited is a good movie because Jason Schwartzman licks his fingers? Correct. Moving Can- on. <laughs> That's all I needed to hear about that because well, that's a bold you, statement. Well, you need to do it. You can't just throw it in there. <laughs> you think you think they like that? Um, all right. So because it's uh, getting to be Halloween, I, I left some of the the more horror ish movies for later. Uh, twenty eight weeks later, arguably one of the top twenty best opening scenes in movie history. <laughs> Wait, not twenty eight days later. Twenty eight weeks later. Have you seen twenty eight weeks later? I don't think later? I saw the sequel. Now. Uh, it, it's solid, but the beginning of the movie is so shocking that the rest of the movie just pales in comparison to it. Mm. Um, this So it, it takes place 28 weeks after the virus is unleashed, so everyone in the world knows what's going on. It's been okay. half a year. Um, the thing that makes it so... The thing that makes it stand out so much is that the beginning opens on a farm with a family having dinner. And you don't know if this is like in present day or if it's before the virus. They're just having dinner. All of a sudden, like a, a horde of zombies comes at them hmm. and they somehow get separated. I can't remember exactly how it's been a while since I've seen it. But the mother and the child get separated from the husband. The husband sees them about to be attacked and immediately goes into fight or flight. And he goes flight. Whoa. And he basically is like. He looks at his wife and and his kid and goes, nope, you're screwed. I'm out. And he <laughs> bails. And that it opens with that. And you're like, oh, my God, this dude just left his family to get eaten by zombies. Jesus. And it poses one of those questions. It's like if like if we were in this room right now, like you're sitting in the corner, I, I have my back more towards the door. Mm-hmm. If there was a zombie between us and his teeth were like right at your skin. Do you be like, try to help my bro and potentially die too? Or is he pretty much gone? Yeah. I mean, I've been watching a lot of Walking Dead lately, and this mm-hmm. comes up often. Oh, yeah. Because if it's a horde, you know, or a herd or a gaggle of geese of zombies. <laughs> a murder. Um, yeah, you're pretty screwed. Yeah. The whole fight or flight, though. Did you see Force Majeure, French film? No, and I've been wanting oh, to for man. a while now. Goodness, it's so powerful and good. It's beautifully shot, really well acted. And uh, if you're in a relationship, yeah, and it's not, uh, no one dies though. Right. So it really brings up different, different topics, but, um, zombies on one, on the other hand, that's a different beast. Yeah. It's a different beast. Uh, 30 days of night. Uh, I wanted to see this movie just cause the commercial, he's like, no God. No God. No good. No we God. would me and my friends would say that all day. Um this movie is my response to Twilight. Anytime like that uh, bad? No, vampires sparkle. It's like <laughs> 30 days of night, these vampires will fuck you. Okay, up. it's a good response. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love 30 days of night. It's a solid 4 out of 5 for me. Really? Yeah. Another Josh Harnett vehicle. Yeah. My, uh, I'm getting texts from my wife that my son did not uh, eat a good dinner. Oh. <laughs> All right, so Three Days of Night was good. Um, Zodiac. You haven't seen that one either, right? I missed the Zodiac. Yeah. Zodiac, uh, probably Fincher's uh, 
most underrated movie, except for people who have actually seen it. And they understand <laughs> how amazing this movie is. Everyone always told me it was super good. It is super good. But here's the thing. When you think Fincher, you think like pretty much anything else that he's done. And people are always like, you got to see that. You got to see that. And mm. then they're like, what about Zodiac? They're like, oh, you should see Zodiac. But go see those other ones first. And it's like, if you can only see 10 movies and they're all Fincher movies, people are always going to say, like, watch Zodiac last. But Zodiac is one of his best. Well, is it because it's like more of a straightforward narrative? It is a lot more straightforward. I just think people, it's not as, um, I mean, there's some shocking scenes in it for sure. I, I don't know why this this isn't higher up on people's list. I think I think the mainstream Fincher fans are more like, you know, his other stuff is just, is so much more using over this, overusing this word again, but like iconic. Right. You know, Zodiac isn't going to end up on any list, which is unfortunate because it is so, so good. Well, it's because he's made such great films that right. it's right. going to be hard to... Um, all right, so... Uh, all right, we're down to... I feel like these would probably be the five that would be the nominees. So we're, we definitely still have No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood. There's three left on the on the list that were out that year that we haven't talked about that I would put in the nominee category. One is Sunshine. I freaking love this movie. Sunshine is... Again, I know I always say like a list of the most underrated movies. Sunshine is for sure in my top ten. Well, Danny Boyle, who yeah. obviously knows how to make a great film. Slumdog Millionaire. Children of Men. Yeah. 28 Days Later. Yeah. Moon. He's, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. Uh, this movie is so good. The sun is dying, so we send a team of astronauts to reignite the sun. Oh, it's so good. And Chris Evans is in it, and I freaking love him. So is, uh, who, who's the main dude? The Killian Scarecrow? Murphy. Killian Murphy, thank yeah. you. Uh, dude, this, just the scene where like the Japanese astronaut dude has... Is he Japanese? Is he Chinese? God damn it, I'm so horrible with this. The Asian astronaut dude has to go out <laughs> and repair the solar panel, but like... If if the sun blocker moves like an inch, he's gonna get fried. Oh god, it's so it's so the visuals. If you have this movie and you haven't seen it in the highest definition possible, you're doing yourself a disservice. Mm-hmm. And not only that, like it's visually stunning, but you really kind of feel for these people, and you're kind yeah. of going through these emotions with them. They're essentially on a suicide mission. How are you gonna ignite the sun without killing yourself? Yeah. God, it's good. Damn good. Damn damn good. Uh, the Diving Bell and the Butterfly. I miss this one, Evan. It's uh, based on uh, based on a book, but it's the making of the book. Um, okay. This dude, this French, is he French? I'm pretty sure he's French. French or Italian? I think he's French. He's European. Um, this <laughs> European author dude um, has a stroke. Okay. And he's left with the ability to blink. One eye, and that's about it. He can't talk. Hmm. He can't. He can't eat. Can't do anything. So, and he. So he's an author, and like his life mission is to write books. Of course, he literally cannot do anything except blink. Ugh. Well, they find out a way for him to communicate, and he ends up writing a book by blinking the words. <laughs> uh, wow. But it's it's his struggle. Like it, it kind of goes back and forth between pre-stroke and and like current state and everything like that. Like his family life, and because he was not he wasn't a, like a good man. Like he cheated on his wife a lot. Um, he wasn't a great father. 
but like, you just see this man struggle and you're like there's no way any sane person could come out of this the way that this guy did wow what's uh, better my left foot or the diving bell uh my left foot mm-hmm. okay. for sure sounds great though it's yeah it's it's i mean because here's the thing is for more than half the movie the lead actor is literally just sitting in a in a wheelchair with like droop face it's no sunshine no sunshine for sure um and then so i don't know about you but i think this last one is going to be like the third dark horse to compete against no country for old men and there will be blood yeah into the wild great film the only flaw in this movie is that yeah, breaking the fourth breaking wall with that the fourth apple. Wall. Why'd you do it, Sean Penn? Why'd you do it, it, Sean Penn? It's such a good thing going. It is a great, great movie, though. Yeah, and I feel like Emil Hirsch like was really getting some flack before this. Yeah, I never understood that. And then when this came out, it kind of like resurrected him. I don't know. Maybe people were just jealous. Why was he getting it? Of his good looks. Him and like uh, Anne Hathaway. I never understood the hatred for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she's a hell of an actress. She's a great actress. People hate her with a passion, and she's really pretty. She's really pretty. She, I mean, she can I deliver think lines. She's like, uh, like the girl that like was in student body and like had everything yeah. going, and yeah. people kind of resent that. And I, I, I unfortunately clicked on one of those clickbait articles. Yeah. The top ten reasons why people in Hollywood hate Anne Hathaway. Oh yeah, what were And of one of one of them said was she's she's overly nice. Like, her energy is too much to the point where people can't handle it. They think she's fake or something? They, they think she's fake. And even though people are like, we know she's not fake. We know she's genuine. But it's just too much. Like, people literally, they get in a room with her, and two hours later, they're like, get me the hell out of here. <laughs> so, <Huh. clears throat> which, I mean, is a good problem to have. But yeah. I mean, it, when everybody hates you, you're like, what the hell? Yeah, I don't know. And Emile Hurst, like... Lords of Dogtown, Alpha Dog. He was doing these Alpha kind of like young, good. like hip ones. Um, he was freaking great in this movie. He was. He followed it up with Speed Racer, which I think is really underrated. No, bet. Ugh. Listen. That was a fake one. The way. way they narrate, you know, they got John Goodman's face like panning across. Like everyone's like, while he's racing, you see like his family talking. It was way ahead of its time as far as narration goes and writing goes. Listen, the Wachowski uh, sisters, the Wachowski sisters. Well, one's still a male. I thought they both switched. Just one. I thought they both did. Nope. Anyway, the Wachowskis, um, the only good thing that they've ever done in my eyes is the Matrix. Just give Speed Racer some time. It's going to age well, I promise. Yeah, it can keep aging. I don't need it. (laughs) Into the Wild. Into the Wild. Super, super good. Now, let me ask you this. Really good. Is Into the Wild... Better than No Country for Old Men. No, I don't think so. Because I would rather watch Into the Wild. Really? Yeah. God, the Coen Brothers are amazing. I am not disagreeing with that. These are the top three movies, in my opinion, for that year. It's a hell of a movie. It is really good. Why does that one scene you bug know, us so it, much? Into the Wild came it came at a time where it, I mean that was the year that I literally packed up. Well, my parents would agree that I packed up all my stuff, but literally packed up my life and moved to California. Yeah. Drove cross country. So this movie came out. What, this in guy o- in 07? In 07. Okay. And this guy, this kid, I mean, I know it's based on a book from a lot before, a long time before that, mm-hmm. but the movie came out in 07. And here's this kid driving cross country, doing his thing. There I am, you know, driving cross country, doing my thing. I didn't move into the woods in Alaska, obviously. I went out to L.A., which, ironically enough, is his, like, 
biggest regret is ever going to L.A. in the movie. <laughs> um, Some great scenes in L.A. Yeah. But I don't know. It just it spoke with me a lot. Yeah, man. And he just made such a dumb mistake. But is that one mistake? I, I think that one mistake is enough to keep it from the top spot. But is it enough to keep it from the number two spot? Oh, well, I was talking about the character making the mistake of eating the wrong berry. Spoiler alert. Oh, 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 oh. But, yeah, Sean Penn also made a mistake. (laughs) Yeah, but here's the thing is his intentions were good, but you can't outsmart nature. Truly. Yeah. He went into the wild. He didn't come out. Because here's the thing. He he read up on how to hunt. Mm -hmm. Like He had books on how to hunt and how to preserve meat. But... He didn't have the experience, and that was his biggest downfall, was assuming that everything that he needed was in a book. Because that was his whole point. Mm-hmm. He read Ernest Hemingway. He read all these books about people going off into the woods. Guess what? Ernest Hemingway knows how to hunt, motherfucker. He knows how to how to cook yeah. meat. He knows how to clean a gun, except when he shot himself in the head cleaning his gun. Oops. But basically, his biggest downfall was his biggest passion, and that is he read too much. He never, he never just experienced experienced it which was kind of the theme for this film right it's like was him get out there and, yeah and get it but here's the thing is he he held on to that umbilical cord of the book too much truly yeah and it like so impactful you see his photos at the end of the film like yeah that's heartbreaking man it really is heartbreaking and the academy loves heartbreak but uh and that soundtrack by uh eddie vetter yeah holy crap still great. what a great soundtrack still great just what? I'd go top five on that one. Why? Why did you have to do this weird, wacky scene where he grabs the, you know, looks into the camera? It's a shot. It's not a scene. It's a shot. What, what, was Sean Penn like going, like, trying to like pay like homage to like Easy Rider or like the films of the American 1970s? Like that's what I was feeling. Like, oh, this I'd is have to go back and check. Kind it of out. a trip. Whatever. You, you blew it on that one, Sean Penn. But still a hell of a movie, and probably the third best movie made that year. So you think it's no country? Yeah, only because like storytelling wise, it's a little bit better. Hmm. Imagery. I mean, ah, this is kind of the debate of the this this year, isn't it? Because yeah. visually, Into the Wild's amazing. You know, you have such it's beautiful a beautiful shots. movie, and you you know what? It really captures it captures Americana. Mm-hmm. You've got the farmland, you've got the beaches, you've got the hippie fest, you've got the woods, you've got the city. It, literally, there's not a, like a portion of America that it doesn't capture except for like New Orleans. <laughs> right. Because New Orleans is its own thing. In a coming of age film, like, you know, it truly is. And you're you're asking yourself these questions just as he's coming doing Coming of age, it. it's coming of death. Man. And just trying to, I mean, we all think about it. It's like, what if we just like cut all ties with the city or, you know, what if we like tried to go live in like, dude, I used to think about that on no a way. daily basis. Yeah. I still think about that from time to time. Mm. I obviously wouldn't cause I got a family, but I like, if I didn't have a family, how easy would it be just to literally just walk away from it all? Mm-hmm. This movie, nice. makes you, this movie makes you think, right? Cause none of us want to pay bills. You so know? you still think no country is better. You're talking me out of it now. I love that opening scene. Obviously, it's like terrifying. And uh, Bardem was fantastic. Javier Bardem it. is, he deserved every inch of that Oscar that he got. Most definitely. I mean, that the only time in that movie that he showed any emotion is that opening scene where he chokes out the guard. <sighs> Man, that coin flip scene, too, is so good. 
What's the most you ever lost on a coin toss? Sir? The most you ever lost on a coin toss. I don't know. I couldn't say. Call it. Call it, yes. For what? Just call it. Well, we need to know what we're calling it for here. You need to call it. I can't call it for you. Well, it wouldn't be fair. I didn't put nothing up. Yes, you did. You've been putting it up your whole life. You just didn't know it. You know what date is on this coin? No. 1958. It's been traveling 22 years to get here. And now it's here. And it's either heads or tails. And you have to say, call it. Well, look, I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. How's that? You stand to win everything, call it. All right. Heads, then. Well done. Don't put it in your pocket, sir. Don't put it in your pocket. It's your lucky quarter. Where do you want me to put it? Anywhere not in your pocket. But it'll get mixed in with the others and become just a coin. Which it is. And his creepy weapon and then, and and his then the haircut. Scene, the scene where the guy, like, he pulls the guy over to the side of the road, just brings his tank up to the window and just, like, pops yeah, him in the head. Totally. It's dark. It's like a Western, but it's also kind of like a it's horror. A, it's a different kind. Uh, I wouldn't call it a horror, but. I mean, it's terrifying. It's got, yeah, it's terrifying for the sense there. that, yeah, yeah, true that. Um, it is, see, these three movies, cinema, cinema, cinematographically. Sure. <laughs> the cinematography the cin- in these three movies. <laughs> Gorgeous. Bar none. Best out of the entire year. Right. And it was almost like, wow, I'm really proud of us as American filmmakers that yeah. we're, they're shooting beautiful and films. And look how far we've come in eight years. <sighs> Have we? God, thank you. We've, we've digressed. Yes. <sighs> so bad. I mean, Ugh. even like the filmmakers, don't get me wrong, P.T. Anderson is like, you know, God level, but um, there will be blood was amazing. The Coen brothers have done some great stuff since then, but Still this was down. really good. Uh, I don't know, dude. I mean, I, we can debate No Country and Into the Wild all day long. Mm-hmm. I think there will be blood is is going to stand out over those two. Should we just get into it? Is that what you think? Oh, I forgot about True Grit. But even then, I still think uh, no country for old, no. But I'm just thinking of like the Coen Brothers, what they've done oh. since then. Eh. They did like they did Burn Hail, After Hail Reading, Caesar which was fun, and and a serious man was was good. Did you see Hail Caesar? I didn't see Hail Caesar. Me neither. People told me it was bad. Yeah, they're due for a dud every once in a while. Yeah, I don't know, dude. Between these three, I I, I don't know. I really, really like Into the Wild. Yeah, the more we talk about it, um, the more I'm kind of digging it for second place. But you still think There Will Be Blood would be number one? No question in my mind. So we don't really need to do a number two then. <laughs> it's going to be There Will Be Blood, right? There, Yeah. The the score alone was like makes you feel things you've never well, felt before. Even that scene where he's talking with the guy that's pretending to be his brother. 
What will you do about your boy? I don't know. Uh, maybe it'll change. Does your sound come back to you? I don't know. Maybe no one knows that. Doctor might not know that. Where's his mother? I don't want to talk about those things. I see the worst in people, Henry. I don't need to look past seeing them to get all I need. I've built up my hatreds over the years, little by little. Having you here gives me a second breath. I can't keep doing this on my own. With these um, people. <laughs> you know, it, it's just yeah, like... Yeah, you, you're not supposed to relate with him, but yeah. you do. You're like, oh, my God. I dude. think that's kind of the beauty of that character. Like, he is what is evil about humanity, but we yeah. would probably make the same decisions if he does. The preacher scene, obviously, a lot of people go straight to that one. I've abandoned my child. Mm. You know. What do you want me to say? come here and you've brought good and wealth but you have also brought your bad habits as a backslider you've lusted after women and you have abandoned your child your child that you raised you have abandoned all because he was sick and you have sinned so say it now i am a sinner i'm a sinner say it louder i am a sinner i'm a sinner louder daniel i am a sinner i am a sinner I am sorry, Lord. I am sorry, Lord. I want the blood. I want the blood. You have abandoned your child. I've abandoned my child. I will never backslide. I will never backslide. I was lost, but now I am found. I was lost, but now I'm found. I have abandoned my child. Say it. Say it. I've abandoned my child. Say it louder. Say it louder. I've abandoned my child. I've abandoned my child. There's that. There's the kid goes deaf with the the yeah. explosion. Yeah, like you really feel for them. God, it's good. Let me ask you this: more impactful ending, killing the preacher kid with the bowling pin, mm-hmm. or eating the berries at the end of Into the Wild? Oh, there will be blood. Ladies and gentlemen, we are taking the 2008 Oscar for Best Picture away from No Country for Old Men, mm-hmm. and we are assigning it to There Will Be Blood. I drink your milkshake. Right? Isn't that what he, isn't that what he said? I drink your milkshake. <laughs> Stop crying, you sniveling ass. Stop your nonsense. You're just... After birth, Eli. No. Slithered out on your mother's filth. No. They should have put you in a glass jar on the mantelpiece. Where were you when Paul was suckling at his mother's teeth? Where were you? Who was nursing you, poor Eli? One of Bandit's sows? 
That land has been had. Nothing you can do about it. It's gone. It's had. If you would just you take this lease, Daniel. Drain it! Drain it! Eli, you boy. Drain dry. I'm so sorry. If you have a milkshake, and I have a milkshake, and I have a straw. There it is. That's a straw. Watching. My straw reaches across the room and starts to drink your milkshake. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. Don't bully me, Daniel. Goodness. The, oh, it's so good. God, Daniel Day-Lewis, you're and, amazing. And you know what? I, I know that this was kind of a toss-up, uh, like a uh, like a lob ball, because we knew this is what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Into the Wild definitely was that dark horse, though. That that should have been in more serious contention. I mean, Atone, Juno should not have been nominated. No. It definitely should have been Into the Wild. Yeah. How did that not get nominated? Well, the Academy know. loves Sean Penn. I know. I don't get it. You know what? It, it had to have been nominated for a Golden Globe, because the world loves Sean Penn. <laughs> Um, but there you go I mean we've said it before No Country for Old Men when it won we were like okay we get it but as time goes on and the quarter public opinion we passed that five year mark and it's like you know what There Will Be Blood is the better movie for sure man the Academy really kind of screwed up that year between not nominating Into the Wild Ratatouille Gone Baby Gone there was some really good movies that didn't get a nomination but you know what they got the acting awards right that's true. The you know the, uh, Daniel Day Lewis won for There Will Be Blood. Um, Javier Bardem won f- uh, for No Country for Old Men. Mm. Uh, whatever the other ones were. The ladies. Who? Yeah, look up the ladies. I can't even remember. Yeah, actually, I can't remember either. Can we? Uh... I do remember. Uh, what's her name? One for Michael Clayton, and that was the right call. Oh, so Tilda Swinton won for Michael Clayton. Um, mm-hmm. Amy Ryan was nominated for Gone Baby Gone for supporting Best Actress went to Marion Cotillard for Lavia and Rose. Uh, that was a a layup. I know a lot of people were like, "Oh no, it should be Ellen Page." Hey, guess what, dude? Marion Cotillard is amazing. Not, she is amazing. Not only is she one of the most amazing actresses in a long, long time, mm-hmm. but she broke up Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Boom. <laughs> How many women can say that? One. Just just one. <laughs> and then a best adapted screenplay. No Country for Old Men won over There Will Be Blood. Ah, that's tough. That one I, is tough. I don't... What were they thinking that year? There Will Be Blood should have just swept. Because it it's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. He followed up with the master. I, which I'm was more really pissed. Good. I'm looking at best original screenplay. We might need to do this for an episode. I'm pissed that Juno beat out Lars and the Real Girl. And Ratatouille. Yeah. Hmm. Juno. <sighs> Leave a bad taste in our mouth. Stupid. You know Juno. what? Good for you, Diablo Cody. I guess you used to dance, and then you started writing. But who Whatever. cares? I don't. I don't. Who cares? Man. I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> there will be blood. Everybody should go see it. Agreed. If that's on TV, I'll stop. I'll stop for what sure. I'm doing. Absolutely. And, and just bask in it and soak it up. 
I firmly I mean, you, it's agree. gorgeous. Sorry, everybody. That was brutal. <laughs> I said the F word. All the, the ocean, the, like the beach scenes are like, yeah. you know, you've, yeah. oh, it's so good. Well, that about does it, Joey. Um, yeah. Anything we want to plug on the way out? Let me think. Uh, not really right now. Have a yeah. safe Halloween. Safe Halloween. Check your candy before you eat them. Make sure <laughs> that it's loaded with sugar. Um, hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter at the Snubbies. Sugar's really bad for you people, but I'm not going to say don't eat candy. But the rest of the year, watch out, you know, because uh, the Food and Drug Administration is not watching out for you. They put sugar in everything. Damn, how, how are you even, scared? Are you scared of heights on that soapbox that you're even, on right now? <laughs> even in milkshakes. Because I drink them. <laughs> oh, God. So good. Joey, what are you going to be for Halloween? Uh, I, I take great pride in my Halloween costumes, and I'm still confused. I don't know. Um, so my son has one of those little uh, like push cart stroller things that looks like a car. Yeah. I think we're going to turn it into the DeLorean. Whoa. Yeah. Blair did that last year, and nice. he was Marty McFly. Yeah. Nice. Good call. Yeah. I might be a magician, and my girlfriend might be a bunny. And I'm hopefully a sexy bunny, not the uh, like overly frumpy. Like, Are you guys costume. furries? No, but man, did, <laughs> I read about them this week. They're having a hard week, the furries. Pun intended. Why are they having a hard week? Uh, there was a murder. What? Yeah. This girl was dating this guy. Her parents were furries. They didn't approve of the relationship. So this guy and his buddy conspired with the girl to kill her parents who were furries. And the furry community is uh, really hurting because of it. I didn't even know it was a thing. That sounds like a travesty, a travesty and I'm trying so hard. <laughs> all I could sounds think like of, a great screenplay. All I can think of is two people dressed as bunnies like with death to smooch double taps in the back of their head. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, God, that's horrible. Don't laugh. That's not nice. It's not, um, murder's not funny. All right, dude. So Facebook, hit us up on Twitter at the uh, Twitter. Twitter. At the Snubbies. Let us know what, what award you think was bullcrap and we'll take away. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the meantime, everybody, have a safe and happy Halloween. Watch some good horror movies and we'll see you next time. There will be blood, people. There will be. I used to fuck guys like you in prison. Don't just stare at it, eat it. I'll give you a call. Bye. Bye-bye, dickhead. See ya. Take care now. Bye-bye then. Happy Bye. Bye-bye, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>